Welcome to another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined from Seattle by Cleveland's Paul Hoynes. Uh, Paul, good to hear from you, and it's uh, it's go time. Yeah, definitely. Opening day, uh, opening night, I guess we should say. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's always, you know, it's great to get the season on, get, get the season going, and... Uh, just to, uh, you know, see if all the work they did in the desert, the Indians did, uh, you know, how it how it pans out, how it works out. You know, you know in the first two or three games some pitcher is going to throw a pickoff attempt in, into uh, center field or uh, down the first baseline after all, those, all the work those guys did on, uh, you know, in, in uh, pitcher's fielding practice. But, uh, you know, that's to be expected. But, I think uh, it, 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 it was time to get the season going. They've been in, in the desert for what? They've been in the desert for almost two, uh, almost six, seven weeks, and uh, now, now, now it starts for real. So you're in Seattle now. You're at Safeco Field last night for uh, their their final preseason workout. Uh, what did you see? What did you hear from the from the guys on the field? Uh, are, are they nervous, anxious, ready uh, to go tonight? Uh, I'm sure there's going to be some uh, nerves. You know, Terry Francona said he wasn't going to be able to sleep last night. Didn't sleep uh, Tuesday night, uh, you know, because he he gets so wound up about the opener. Um, And he said, he, you know, he didn't make any apologies for it. He's been in the game forever. And, uh, he, you know, he said uh, he likes it. He he was talking to us about it, and he was getting so – excited his palms were sweating he said so that's uh, you know that's a lifer right there that's a baseball lifer i think uh the uh the players were you know the players i talked to were, were excited about it you know they you know guys uh you know guys like tyler olsen and and uh, bradley zimmer who are, this is you know just still a new thing to them you know they were fired up and uh got even a veteran like uh, josh tomlin you know, says he always looks forward to opening day. So, you know, it's the start of a new season. It's a tradition that's been going on for what over a hundred years. So, you know, it's, it's going to be good to uh, see it uh, start and uh, see what happens. And you know, this is the start of what 162 games, 162 stories, a six-month uh, soap opera. So, let, you know, kind of you got to hitch up and uh, grab on to the end of the caboose and watch how it goes. It'll be about a twenty to thirty piece bubblegum first inning for for Terry Frank on it tonight. I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he might he might he might make a, a, a he might record his personal best here. Uh, the the pitching matchup is is a you know on, on paper it's a pretty good one. Uh, like you said, uh, King Felix starting his his tenth. Uh, opening day for the the Mariners and and Corey Kluber, I, I believe this is four for him. Uh, yeah, this is this will be his fourth straight start. The uh, the most by an Indians pitcher since Gaylord Perry uh, made four straight back in the seventies. So it, it's been a while, you know. And uh, um, you know, I think uh, Kluber looked very good in in spring training. I think he went four and zero, had a real low ERA. Um, you know, there was some question about his velocity. You know, it didn't look like it got much higher than 90 to 91. Uh, so that'll be something to watch, you know, uh, today. Uh, so, you know, a couple of scouts were, were asked, you know, kind of commented about that, commented about that. So, uh, you know, we'll see, uh, see where that goes. But, you know, his breaking ball was moving. He got a lot of strikeouts. 
And, uh, you know, sometimes that's tough to do in Arizona with the dry climate to get your breaking ball moving, but it didn't seem to bother Kluber. And uh, Hernandez is, uh, you know, like you said, 10 straight opening day starts, but he only had two starts, Joe, in, in, uh, in during the uh, uh, spring. He uh, got hit in the arm by a line drive in his first start February on February, and then he didn't make the start until right uh, – but at the end of camp, it only went six innings, six, seven innings. So, you know, there's some question about how long he'll be able to go. But it's opening day. He's a, he's a veteran, a former a Cy Young winner. So I'm sure he'll be uh, able to, uh, you know, kind of bob and weave uh, for a while out there. I don't think it's going to be a one and done uh, for King Felix. And, and, and if King Felix isn't, start, isn't stretched out enough and, and does make an early exit, uh, you know, does the Indians' left-hand dominant lineup uh, come into play in that in that situation with, you know, the, the Mariners being able to bring in maybe a left-handed reliever? I believe they've got three in the bullpen. Yeah, you know, I think it will. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, fortunately, you know, they've got two switch hitters in the lineup. So, you know, Ramirez and Lindor, they'll be able to jump over and hit from uh, right-handed. But, you know, a lot of guys are going to be, you know, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, you've got, uh, what are the lefties? Uh, Alonzo, you've got, uh, you know, Chisenhall and, 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 uh, Naquin and Zimmer, uh, Kipnis. You know, those guys, uh, you know, face lefties. Uh, I mean, you've got two right-handed hitters on the bench that you can, uh, that Frank Coney can use, but I don't think he's, he's going to wait to use those guys in, in, uh, you know, you, uh, <laughs> in, uh, Brandon Geyer and, and, uh, Rajat Davis. So you can bring those guys off the bench and kind of counter that, but you've got to wait for the right moment there. So there, there is going to be some, you know, some, some, some of those guys could get exposed. Uh, you know, the way he sets his lineup up is going to, uh, Frank Kona, that is, it's going to be interesting just to see, you know, how many left-handers hit, hit back to back. And there was one, you know, I was, I was fooling around with some lineups last night and one of them, you know, if you drop, uh, Incarnacion down to the fifth spot, and uh, hit Alonzo in, uh, you know, cleanup, then you really, you know, the way you fix the bottom, you know, the way you attack the bottom of the lineup, you really only have in one lineup with Naquin and Zimmer hitting eighth and ninth, you know, so those would be the only way uh, you'd have two lefties hitting back-to-back. Right, and that that would force you to maybe bring uh, Roger Davis in, you know, in the, the sixth, seventh inning maybe earlier than you would if he were coming in as a defensive replacement or something like that. Exactly. Depending, you know, what the situation is, if it's, you know, kind of a, maybe a game situation or, uh, you know, got a guy on bait, you know, got a guy in a scoring position. uh, Yeah, definitely. That that would be a a place to make a move there. Okay. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, our, our friend Trevor Bauer, who, uh, came out yesterday with uh, a very interesting uh, Facebook post, to say the least. He's he's talking about uh, the the extra money. I don't think uh, a player ever really talks about making more than he thought he was going to make or making more than he <laughs> wanted to make. But uh, Trevor has around uh, a, a $100,000 more than he thought he was going to make this year in his salary arbitration uh, win over the Indians. So he's decided to give that money away to charity, and in a in sort of a you know a thumb to the nose of the Major League Baseball 
arbitration process. Uh, he's going to be giving it away in specified increments of $420.69 uh, every day for the next 69 days to charities chosen by his uh, his fans on his internet uh, website. Uh, what do you make? Of, I mean, I thought I thought Trevor Bauer had had turned the corner and and was was becoming this uh, you know more mature and you know the the light bulb had gone off and then all of a sudden we've got uh, you know references and and whatnot that that sort of make you look like a fourteen year old instead of a twenty seven year old uh, starting pitcher in the big leagues. <laughs> Joe, I've got no idea, man. It, it kinda, that kind of flew over my head when I saw that yesterday. You know, I think, you know, there was, there was a, like a, about a month and a half ago, you know, he tweeted out something that uh, that said that, you know, Major League Baseball wants uh, their, their players to, um, you know, kind of be leaders or take a leadership role in their tweeting and social media. And I think you know his his nose got out of joint, so to speak. I think, and uh, because they they kind of put the clamps on him, but because of his tweeting, I think. And I don't know if this is you know I think maybe the Indians had something to do with it. Maybe Major League Baseball had something to do with it. He implied that you know on social media that his right. that his wings had been clipped a little bit. Now is this you know his way to? Uh, like you said, thumb thumb your nose at uh, authority. I, you know, I mean, from what I've heard, you know, I checked. I had to check with my kids. Four twenty is a, is a reference to weed, and you know, sixty nine is a you know, <laughs> is a, right, is a sexual yes. preference, I guess. So what what is going on here? I mean, I I I don't get it. I you know, I applaud him for uh, you know, contributing contributing to charities, but. You know, you're you're doing it. You know, kind of. It's a backhanded compliment as well, too. So, right. You know, I and guess I guess that's Bauer. I I don't know. Well, you know, and Bauer's you know battles over over Twitter have more to do, I think, with his political leanings than they do, uh, you know, with anything about the league. And and that might have been what he was feeling censored about when he was he was tweeting about that. But this, you, you know, you've got Trevor Bauer who says uh, he he wants to revolutionize. Free, uh, free agency and and the arbitration process by only taking one year contracts over the next you know once he's eligible to and play with a different team every year and and you know <laughs> just crazy type stuff that you know if I'm Trevor Bauer's agent I'm saying hey pump pump the brakes here buddy just uh, a little bit but again hey if this is what works for him and if he goes out there and strikes out 200 batters and and wins 20 games for the Indians this year then invite the crazy man. Uh, come on, bring it. I, I, I'm fine with that. Uh, yeah. it, it, you know, it's just how, how crazy is he going to get? If he, if he actually does go out there and, and win 20 games and, and strike out 200, how, how much more crazy can he get? <laughs> I, I have no idea. I mean, you know, I, he's been, you know, he's been out there since day one, since he, since he taught, you know, since the Indians signed him. Uh, I don't know how, the Indians can't be too happy with this. I, I, I'm sure about it. And uh, you know, Joe, his his idea to play with a different team every year. Charlie Finley, you know, when free agency first came around, Charlie Finley wanted to do that. He wanted to make every ball player a free agent every year, and he said that would keep costs down. You know, if he if if Bauer wants to 
thinks he's going to revolutionize free agency and make more money year to year to year. That's not going to work. That just cheapens the whole labor pool. You know, there's no, you, there's going to be 700 big league players on the free agent market every year. You think that's going to, that's, that's going to drive costs down now, not up. Well, and, <laughs> well, and, and he's not, you're not going to perform the same, at the same level from every year. So, you know, it's almost a protection against uh, having an off year here or there. If if you're Trevor Bauer and you're confident enough that you're going to perform at the level that you did last year every single season, then, you know, hey, great, you're that's super. But the fact is he might have an off year in, in the next two or three. And, and that, for whatever reason, for injury or for, you know, just bad performance. But, yeah, that's not going to work. I mean, and you know, I I give these guys credit that you know don't you know don't turn extensions. I mean, they turn extensions down, and they and they want to want to go play year by year, and you know bet on themselves and bet on their performance, and, and good for them, you know. Uh, but so the you know so you know that that shows a lot of self confidence. But like you said, somebody you know injuries do happen, you know. Uh, a guy, a pitchers need Tommy John. They 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 strain a rotator cuff. You know we've seen it happen year after year after year, game after game after game. So you know there is a, a reason extensions work for some players. Now if you want to put yourself out there on the line like Bauer does, yeah. But you know it's funny. He said uh, I was reading. Uh, he said you know play, teams have too much control over over uh, players for six years. You know six, the six year control the time period you have you have players under control for is too long you know but nobody the, the union wasn't saying that the players weren't saying that when when they when ever when they when the free agents were signing six seven and eight year contracts for you know a hundred million dollars nobody everyone thought that was a great thing they this was negotiated they, right. they just didn't pick that number out of the air so they have you know there's one bad free agent period one bad free agent winner and all of a sudden things are going to change. It's you know all of a sudden players don't teams can control their players for too long. You know, well, <laughs> you and can't then have you it look both at, ways. Then you look at the extensions that were just signed by uh, Scott Kingery in Philadelphia and uh, Kettle Kettle Marte in Arizona, and those are guys who are, are you know I think Marte's appeared in a few big league games, but Kingery hadn't even played in a big league game yet, and he was signing a six year extension. And that covers his first year or two of free agency. So, you, you, you know, those, those guys are protected and going to get paid no matter what their performance over the next six years uh, because of Major League Baseball's guaranteed contracts. Exactly. You know, so, you know, there's benefits to doing it both ways. Uh, you know, Bauer, if he goes year to year the next three years, if he doesn't take a, an, an extension from the Indians when he and he performs well, He's going to have a. He's going to get. He's going to get rewarded when he when he becomes a free agent because you know he's still going to be young. What he's going to be thirty, probably mm-hmm. thirty thirty one. Uh, he's going to be at his peak. So you know, you know, God love him. Go for it. You know, but you know, other but the systems you know works for all kinds of you know players and and that every player is different and has a different personality and a different need. You know. Well and. He certainly has the personality uh, that, uh, you know, for the next two or three seasons we're going to have have fun watching uh, with, with the Indians <laughs> in the big league club. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just – it's something new every day, you know. And, and I, 
you know, I and I, you know, God love them. You know, I mean, okay, you're 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 you're, you're donating money, you're giving money away, and and it's one more thing, Joe. I mean, who who picked his the, the arbitration? Who picked the number he he went in into arbitration at? He said he wanted a lower number that was you know had sixty nine and four twenty in it, but right. his agent. Is it, who, who said I, I want six? What six five six, six five or whatever? Six uh, six point uh, six million five hundred twenty five thousand. I think was the, the number that he won his case at. I, and and originally, so who picked he, that number? I so mean, originally, originally he wanted six point nine million, and his agent said, "Well, don't ask for six point nine million because you won't win that in arbitration. Ask for something lower." So he said that he would go for six. Million four hundred twenty thousand nine hundred what uh you know nine hundred sixty nine dollars and sixty nine cents <laughs> and when they when they went to submit that number they kind of told him hey this is kind of obscene to be doing this uh, in a in front of a major league baseball uh, arbitration panel and you might not win that so so instead he asked for the the six point five and and that's what he got. Yeah. So, so he round he rounded up instead of down, I guess. But, but right. still. So I mean, and you're mad because you won that? <laughs> you're mad because you must well, you won six and a half million bucks? <laughs> you know, you know, I, I, you know. Bauer sat through the whole process. You know, he said, you know, I talked to him about it. He said he enjoyed it. He said there were no hard feelings, and, and you wonder well, maybe there were some hard feelings. Maybe something got said in in the process well, and. It, you know, in the hearing that that he didn't like, and I, I get I, I get the feeling I get the feeling that Bauer's distaste is for the process and for you know the league and not necessarily for the Indians. I think the Indians were in a no lose position at that point. They could walk in there if they if they win the arbitration case, Bauer's not going to feel angry against them. If they win the arbitrate, or I'm sorry, if they win the arbitration case on their side, Bauer's not going to feel feel angry towards them. But if they lose. Really, you know, six point, uh, whatever, six point five. Yeah, the difference wasn't that big. Isn't you know, and and it's not going to kill you with, with your budget, and pretty much Bauer's going to be worth that six point five no matter what. So, I I think the Indians were in a, a a no lose spot there, and and really the animosity is more on Bauer's end towards the process, and you know, feeling like he's being controlled by the league and and whatever. The, the the arbitration process is, and, and every player gets a raise when you go to arbitration. It, you know, even if you don't sign a contract, you usually get. Even if you don't, you know, go to arbitration. If you don't go to a hearing, you almost always get a raise. That's why right. the arbitration process has always favored the player. And look at the raise he got from what he made three point five something last year to six point right. five. He got about a three million dollar raise. Yeah, that's yeah. So I mean, how can you? And you're not in that process. I mean, come on, you know, wake up. It's that's that's that that was negotiated in to the basic agreement by your guys. Right. You know, that, you know I mean, you want to change the world? Negotiate. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's uh, before we wrap up, let's take. Uh, Take a minute here. Uh, take it all in, Hoinsey. This is how many how many opening days for you now covering the Indians? Thirty, thirty five, thirty six. Since uh, nineteen eighty three, whatever that is. I'm <laughs> my math is uh, not, as you know, it's not very good. Okay, we're gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess it's about thirty five there. So, 
that being the case, uh, any one big memory stand out over the years, uh, you know, a big shock, a surprise, something you thought you'd never see again uh, that you saw in, in 35 years of covering opening days? I think I think there was one. I can't remember, Joe, if it was a home opener or a, a season opener. It was at the old ballpark in Cleveland. Phil Negro was pitching, and uh, they had just put sod down, new sod, on the infield. <laughs> there was a there was a comebacker to the mound. He came up and was wet, and he came to pick. You know, he came to uh, feel the ball. And I think he stepped on the ball, and the ball went down in the sod, and he couldn't get it out. He had to reach down into the mud to get the ball. <laughs> oh man, that's, that's the thing that kind of sticks in my mind. And there was, and I think that, I don't know if that was the same game. But there was a game against uh, Boston, I think. It went 18 innings, maybe, it went down at the stadium. It was freezing. You know, I, I don't know if that was that, that might have been. I don't know if that was the same game. But they, they, yeah, those two games kind of stick out. Wow! Right. The uh, was it a ground rule double, or did did he he pull it out in time to to hold the first? I, I think I think you know Negro was you know it was, I think it was he beat it out and. And, and another one, another one, uh, you know, the opening day at, at Progressive Field, uh, first game there, what, what 1994, mm-hmm. um, extra innings, uh, you know, uh, the big unit, Randy Johnson has thrown a no-hitter, and uh, and opening day no-hitter, and uh, Bob Feller is sitting up in the press box, you know, in his seat up there, right, and, right. and he is sweating it out. He's, you know, being very, very casual. But it, reporters keep walking up to him, Bob. What if this guy, you know, knocks you out? And, you know, he throws another no hitter. You're the you're the guy who's thrown the only no hitter on opening day. And and fella was very uh, nonchalant about it. But you could tell he was he was in turmoil. And when Sandy Alomar got the hit to break up the no hitter, uh, you know, he was a, he was a happy guy. I was glad I was glad that happened. Cause yeah, <laughs> he, fella he, sent he, a, he, a case of steaks down to Sandy's locker. <laughs> yeah, he retained he retained his uh, place in baseball history. That's fantastic. All right, uh, before I let you go, uh, just looking at this year's uh, roster and this year's team, who is is poised to have uh, the big seed? We had uh, the Indians had a, a Cy Young winner, uh, two Silver Sluggers, and uh, a couple of uh, uh, Gold Glove candidates come out of uh, the you know the pack last year and a year they won 102 games and 22 in a row. That's over with. This starts a new season and who's the who's the Indian who's going to to take home the most hardware? You know, be the guy who who leads the team in wins above replacement or is the most most valuable Indian this year. You know, I think you've always got to look at Lindor. I think uh, this is a guy that. He's only getting better, Joe. I think he could be. He's an MVP candidate, definitely. Him and him and Ramirez, the the guy, the two pitchers. I think that that we could, you know, could really make an impact. Are, are uh, you know, Kluber, of course. But I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you know the innings and stuff caught up to Kluber a little bit. The, all the work he's done over the last three years, four years. You know, I think Bauer or Carlos Carrasco. Are going to be a strong uh, MVP candidate. I mean, a Cy Young candidate, uh, definitely. And uh, you know, I I I think Zimmer Zimmer is a, he's a Gold Glove candidate right now. If he you know the way he plays center field. So I, and if he can stay healthy and stay up in the big leagues all year, I think he's got a chance. Uh, 
he's got a chance to to really uh, win win a Gold Glove. But the the kid in Minnesota, uh, uh, Byron Buxton. Yeah, Buxton. That's he, that's going to be his main rival. But to have those two guys in the AL Central and to be able to watch them, that's a treat to uh, their fans. Well, uh, it all gets started tonight at ten o'clock, uh, Paul. Uh, Get some rest, get get geared up because uh, the the marathon starts tonight, and we we, we won't take our feet off the uh, the gas pedal until uh, with any luck, you know, mid to late October. That's right. Buckle up, Joe. <laughs> All right, sir. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, buddy. Thanks.